Wrapping up the Take Command podcast with Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. And yesterday on the Hoffman Show, the uh, little radio show, it's not that little actually anymore, uh, the radio show that we do every day, four to seven on the Team 980, had my old pal Tim Kalashaw on, who you probably know from ESPN's Around the Horn. Uh, he's been a panelist on that show since day one. He's also been a columnist for the Dallas Morning News for uh, 30, almost 40 years, uh, I believe at this point for Tim. Uh, but I used to actually work uh, with Tim on the radio back in Dallas, back back when I lived there uh, and worked there. Uh, so Tim was nice enough to come on, and, and he said something really interesting, Logan, uh, that kind of sparked this thought idea that we're going to go through right now, which is Dallas with Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, who we now know is staying, uh, statement from Jerry Jones released last night, uh, they're, they're stuck. Like, they don't have a lot of cap flexibility. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott's due to be a uh, $59 million cap hit on, on the cap for 2024. Um, they've got some other older guys that are big time money in the final year of their deal next year. Um, they're going to have to pay CD lamb soon. Like there's, there, there's not a lot of flexibility. That's the bad news for Dallas. The good news is they just won 12 games uh, yep. and, and they've done that three years in a row. So the guys that they're stuck with are obviously pretty good. But the other point Tim made was, you know, do do quarterbacks ever have their breakthrough playoff moment in year eight, year nine? And that's kind of what you're hoping for Dak Prescott now, who is two and five in his career in the playoffs. Meanwhile, in Philadelphia, they're coming off a Super Bowl run last year. They were awful, awful, awful down the stretch this year, including uh, the playoff game. And they don't have a lot of roster flexibility either. In fact, they're going to lose a lot of pieces, whether it's to retirement, uh, we presume with the guy like Jason Kelsey or, you know, Brandon Graham, et cetera, down the list, Fletcher Cox, vets that have been the core of that team that are going to be pretty difficult to bring back unless, you know, they do what they did with BG last year, which is offer him a a minimum. And he's like, yeah, I just want to be here. Uh, And they keep those guys around. So that leads to, oh, there's also the Giants, but, you know, whatever with them, all due respect. Which which NFC East team would you rather be? Cowboys and Eagles who are locked in with good rosters but trending the wrong direction potentially? The Commanders with a blank slate? Or is there something still about Brian Dable that you want to throw out there that you're you're psyched about? <clears throat> well, I think I mean this is a tough question. You know, I think winning twelve games is good. Like I want to win. This team has games. it the, the the Commanders franchise has not done that since nineteen ninety one. It yeah, should be so, it should be noted. So like I think that's good. Now Yeah. I think I think it depends on your goal. Like, really, if you as a coach, like, do you want to be good or do you want to win a Super Bowl? And I think that's ultimately like what every team is asking themselves. And I think the problem that obviously the Dallas and Philly are running into is that they've been they've had these shifts in coordinators, right? I, specifically Philadelphia. I, I keep going back to that. Like, we kind of brushed over that. We talked about it a lot in this show, but I think kind of the national media kind of brushed over that. Like all the coordinators leaving Philly and. The whole year, everyone's talking about, oh, it's not right. It's not right. Oh, Jalen Hurts regression, blah, 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 blah. Dude, no. Like, the coordinator is completely different. They're running some kind of version of this college half-spread, wide bunch. And what made them who they were last year was the ability to lean on the offensive line, right? Lean on the offensive line, run the football. And so there was a total departure from that. So you're going to see Jalen Hurts kind of his warts get magnified. He's going to be put in more difficult situations. They can't lean on the defense the same way. And so – that team is in a tough spot. It kind of feels like when I was in Atlanta, quite honestly. Like you, they just paid Matt Ryan, they just paid Julio Jones. I just talked about that in the last segment, obviously. And right. they're in a spot where you can't make any big changes, and the 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 talent of the roster is slowly siphoning off. 
And I think that is a really challenging spot to be like, what are they going to do with that defense? Like, I don't know what they're going to do. They got to hit on some draft picks. Young guys got to develop. That's every single year, but it feels a little bit more broken than it probably should. Offensively, obviously, Kelsey's retiring. Lane Johnson's not getting any younger. That's going to be a tough deal in a couple of years, right? So obviously, like, I think they will be a fine football team next year. I think they will be okay. I think Sirianni's a, a, a good head coach, but they're in a tough spot. Dallas is in a similar situation. I think Jail. I think uh, Dak Prescott's playing better, so you this, the floor is a little bit higher. But ultimately, like, do you have enough talent offensively? Do you have enough diversity in your skill position players to win a playoff game? And because again, you look at the teams that won playoff games, which we did on our last podcast, like Detroit Lions, they got a ton of playmakers, guys that can get the ball, t- totally change the perspective of the offense, and really dynamic play calling. I mean, say what you want about Green Bay, but kind of same thing with them. Same thing with Houston. Do they have enough? And I will say this year in the draft, there is an opportunity to draft like a stud receiver, I think, about when they're picking, like a really, really good football player. And that would totally change the dynamic of that offense. And maybe that's enough to get you over the hump. But the problem when all that money's tied up in the quarterback spot, if they're not, I'm going to say Joe Burrow, maybe, or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, that guy that is truly a roster elevator. Yeah, like a top five guy, not a top 10 guy it becomes really, really dicey. Like Matt Ryan was coming off an MVP year. Like I don't think anybody, or two years prior, like I don't think anybody said he shouldn't have been paid. But the but at that point in his career, he wasn't a true roster elevator anymore without the play calling. So I, I think that's like ultimately what you're running into. Is And so if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, the personnel decisions you have to make become way more challenging. Unlike here in Washington, where if I'm the coach coming in, my expectation is zero. No one cares anything about what I'm going to do. And I can build it from the ground up. Hopefully I get a rookie quarterback in this year's draft or however we choose to do it. Maybe we stick with Sam Howell, whatever the decision is. But I've got no money tied up in the quarterback. I can go on free agency, be aggressive. I can flip this roster with a good young coaching staff. It gives me a little bit more flexibility. And eventually we're going to be in that situation when we got to pay the quarterback. All those issues come up. But I... If, if the goal is to win a Super Bowl, part of me is like it's better to be Washington. Part of me, right? And I get that winning 12 games is a huge deal. I want to win games. If I'm a good job, Mike McCarthy, great job. But I go back to like, are they in a spot where Dak Prescott can get them to a Super Bowl? I don't have a good answer for that because he played yeah. like an MVP this year, but it wasn't good enough in the playoffs. Well, the problem was he didn't play like that in the playoffs. And, Correct. Um, that... I, I would rely I, – here's how I would answer it. Direct, if I'm going to directly – like, who would you rather be for the next three years um, if I've got to win a Super Bowl? I'd rather be Dallas. Oh, and that Is includes there, Philadelphia. Yeah, I would pick Dallas because Dak just had the best year of his career with McCarthy as the play caller. They're keeping that unit together. CD is great and getting yep. better. Um, like, he, he's near the top of his ascent – but he's not near the top. Like he, if he plateaus at what he is right now, we got one of the best five receivers in football the next three, four years. Um, I'm pretty psyched about that. They need to supplement the running game. They need to get that power element back, um, which is easier than a lot of other things in this league. Like finding a big power back again, running back has been devalued. So there are, I I don't say they're a dime a dozen, but like you can find that guy. And then the big thing that I thought Tim did a good job of pointing out yesterday with them is like they drafted Mozzie Smith to be this big interior defensive tackle. And he showed up and everyone's like, this is the guy a lot smaller than than I think people in Dallas were sold on him being. So can you can you beef up that defense? It is a small defense. It is small, but mighty. 
They right. they create a ton of turnovers, and they're obviously going to lose DQ, assuming that he gets a job somewhere as a head coach. But like, can you find a little bit more size and physicality on defense and revamp your defense a little bit? You're still going to have Michael Parsons. Demarcus Lawrence is is not what he used to be, but he's still good. He's got the final year of his contract left, and I do think that some of their contracts match up okay. Like, there's not a ton of flexibility in this roster right. for sure, but like. Uh, like uh, Zach Martin is 34. He's probably on the edge of retirement, maybe another mm-hmm. year, uh, but he's only got one year remaining. Demarcus Lawrence, same thing. Like a lot of these these contracts that are big are about to expire in time mm-hmm. to sign CD to an extension and then maybe add add a piece or two. You know, if we're talking about year two and three of a three-year window. Yeah, and I also think that something there too is that their offensive line is getting older. You know, Tyron Smith yep. so probably he's going to be a free agent. I probably doubt they resign him. Yeah, like, they did draft Tyler Smith, who which worked out pretty well for them. He's a good player, no doubt. But you know, Zach Martin's older, right? There's a lot of stuff there. Steel, their uh, their right tackle struggled earlier this year, and I think when you look at Dak, he's one of these guys that like needs a good O line, needs good skill position players, and so if that piece kind of degrades. Like they can't quite get the same continuity there. Does he take a big regression? You know, and again, yeah. like that's kind that of the scary because now because the that is the one piece that I didn't mention on the cap sheet is his yeah. number goes to fifty nine right. million. Right, and so you can't go out and be like, oh, we're going to prioritize free agency in the off- offensive line, right? You can't go do that anymore the same way you could before. So um, I don't know. It, it 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 definitely puts handcuffs on. But again, like you said, you want good football players, and I think Dallas has a lot of good football players. I think Philly has good football players. They've got issues that seem more comprehensive than Dallas, which is why you're kind of like shying away from that a little bit. But definitely Dallas still feels like the best roster in the division. And I think they're 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 going to be probably the best football team next year. But in terms of winning the, the ship, the championship, as it were, like, does Dak get you there? And I, like I said, this is a very dense receiver draft. They're going to be able to add playmakers. There's some big physical running backs. Derrick Henry's a free agent. Can they yeah. get him in there at the right number? Like that would change a lot for you in terms of the physicality of your run game. So um, there's a lot of pieces there that get you excited uh, and a lot of potential there. But you got to move around this kind of um, this albatross. And it's not an albatross because Dak's playing good football, but this contract that's kind of taken up all this space in terms of your um, in terms of the cap. So yes, I agree. I think Dallas is the team. But I, I don't think it's like as clear cut as saying in the next three years, um, you know, who would you most who, who do you most want to be? Because I think it gets pretty dicey there, especially you pay Dak, you pay CD like a top five receiver, you'll probably reset the market. Where's all that money going to go? And does Dak elevate that roster enough with CD in, in working together to, to get you to the Super Bowl? And I don't know. I, it doesn't feel like it. But, you know, like 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 your buddy said, like, do you have a year nine breakout on a roster that's deteriorating from a talent standpoint. Yeah, that's, that's the hard part. I I want to be clear. I don't feel great about it. And if my, my hopes are on Dak Prescott breaking through, I'm, I realize that I'm, I'm especially in this moment of, you know, five days after he throws two bad picks, uh, including a pick six. And, you know, the thing is though, like he did also throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns in the game. Like he, he bounced back in a major way and he kept fighting and there, there was a toughness and resiliency to the way they fought. Unfortunately, that did not help them get any stops. And Aaron Jones ran all over them again, um, as he has a couple of times in the playoffs over the past couple of years. So it's just, it's not good. Uh, I think for anybody in this, this division right now, it's just Washington has the blankest slate. I think Philadelphia's 
Philadelphia is interesting because in a way they remind me of what the Golden State Warriors try to do in the NBA. There was this term that they use there uh, with two timelines where mm-hmm. it was like, we have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. And then they drafted, they, they got, like all those dudes got hurt one year. Um, and so they wound up having a great draft picks and all of a sudden, and then like one of their late round draft picks, ironically, a guy named Jordan Poole, who's now in Washington and not playing great. Um, but he showed a ton of promise early, even though it was a late first rounder. They had the number two pick in the draft and they had another like top 10 pick uh, from a previous trade. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, we got two timelines. We can keep winning with with Steph and Clay and Draymond and we're going to develop this next thing and and that was like oh my god they've they've crashed the system turns out those young guys weren't actually that good um mm. and they've traded a bunch of them away and they're no longer really on two timelines they're just trying to salvage the end of Steph Curry's career and win another mm. championship before uh he eventually theoretically gets worse at basketball it hasn't happened yet uh even though everyone around him has um, point being Philly's trying to do this as well, right? They, they stacked up on a bunch of young guys. And the question is going to be for them, do those young guys who, some of whom were key players in helping win the super bowl, um, or actually not win the super bowl, get to the super bowl, mm-hmm. um, along with the core guys that helped them win the super bowl back in the day, um, about five years ago at this point, or six, seven years ago at this point, 2018, um, can, can they do the handoff from one right. to the other? And the, the problem for them is the biggest piece of that is Jalen Hurts. And yeah. what you saw from Jalen Hurts this year, not very good. Yeah. And and again, like, I think that's one of the things where it's like, I, I, I think that's a talented roster. I think there's talented pieces there. I think you look at the young defensive linemen, I think there's talent yep. there. I think they've got some young, talented old linemen that need to develop. And again, I'm confident that that old line will develop because they have one of the best offensive yeah. line coaches in football. Yeah. But Shout out what to a, Jeff Stoutland. Yeah. What about the other when the coordinators when coaching leaves i mean it's been so funny to be on this side of it because when you're when you got your face pressed up against the glass you're the the big thing and tennis says this all the time is a reminder it's like you got to overcome coaching like you don't want that you want the players to be elevated by coaching and i think philly right now because of all the the coordinator turnover is they've got to really kind of <clears throat> sit down and find the best coaching solutions offensively and defensively, which you're always trying to do, but you got to really make sure you nail it because you got to make sure that talent develops, that talent fits the vision. They got some older secondary players, right? Is there anybody kind of in the wings coming that's going to save the day there too? So the handoff analogy, I think is very, is perfect because it, they're, they're at that moment where it's got to get passed off. And it feels like because of all the, the, the coaching and roster flux they had last year, they're going to bobble the handoff. And so I think that's why you, I, I have so much personal anxiety about that organization because it just feels like there's too many variables that are trending in the wrong direction to, to make it tenable next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, I keep kind of haphazardly mentioning the Giants, but they paid Jones last year. They're in a, they're they're, in a tough spot too. They're in a bad they seem to be in a bad way because I don't know what you do with Saquon. I don't know what you do at quarterback. Um, part of me is like you just bite the bullet. Of cor- I, I don't even know what bite the bullet at quarterback means for them. Like, did that mean going back to Jones and hoping that it works out? Or does that mean, you, hey, we got the fifth pick in the draft? Like, I think if, if there's a guy there at five, I think you got to take him. I really do. I, I think, agree with that. I think they've missed a little bit with Evan Neal. I think that hurt them in terms of roster development. Like some of the young pieces they have there. You know, uh, Schmitz, the center from Minnesota last year, hadn't really developed the way they'd hoped. Does that O-line coach get those guys going? Because, uh, again, if they, they've, they've made investment there. just hasn't panned out. And I think that's so important, especially with the draft kind of looming for this team. 
is you got to make sure the coaches and the vision of the coaches align with the person you're bringing in, right? Like I go back to the Caleb McGarry example in Atlanta, like one of the worst graded offensive linemen before Arthur Smith get, gets there. And all of a sudden he's grading in the nineties every single week because they run the ball so much. And that's what he's, that's what he's for. He fits that vision. Right. And so I look at that and I say, like, if you can make personnel decisions like that and elevate that, that element, it's going to be a huge deal. But again, New York's in a tough spot. I, especially with Wink being gone, like yeah. that's a wacky bit. Like just peace, peace and chicken grease. I'm out. So yeah, they're in a tough spot. And I, I get, so can, can, like, I think that would be something I would ask in the interview if I'm Adam Peters. Like, which do you want to hire Wink Martindale? Why? Because I've studied the history of this franchise, and it seems like playing him is a terrible idea, and this yeah. is a way to guarantee not to. Yeah, and so I, I think that's that's a great point. And so for me, it's like this this because it's a blank slate, it gives you more opportunity. Now you could mess it up, no no doubt about it. But for sure, I, I think that because the blank slate element to it, because it's it's completely clear the cap space, the draft capital the new coach, the new vision, everything's going to be the same. Outside of Dallas, it feels like a pretty good spot to be in. If yeah. you're trying to get something going for three or four years best, down the road. Yeah, best chances to win a Super Bowl. It depends on how Jalen rebounds. All of a sudden, Jalen yeah. looks like MVP Jalen next year. We're talking about a different thing. By yeah. the way, uh, you just had a terrifying thought in my head. What if the Eagles hire Arthur Smith as their OC? <laughs> that seems like a match. That would be heaven. a nightmare. Yeah, it would yeah. be terrible because that's perfect for them. Right. That's perfect. So it shows you how quickly it can change too. Yeah. We just, I just mentioned one hypothetical and Logan's <laughs> ready to change his entire answer of our last 20 minutes of discussion. All right. Uh, that is the take command podcast. Honestly, sometimes that's the take command podcast in a nutshell, but that yeah, is our right. show for today. Uh, next week, we're finally uh, with holidays and travel and the whole deal. Uh, theoretically going to be on our off season schedule. We record Mondays and Wednesdays. It comes out Tuesday, Thursday, morning so uh then again with head coach news we we could uh pop an emergency podcast in your feed uh upon hiring at any time so make sure that you are subscribed wherever you are watching or listening right now on youtube for full episodes at 1067 the fan i post clips as well at craig hoffman and do not miss the hoffman show at the team 980 streaming live every day uh, also of course on your radio and on the free odyssey app and if you want that show on demand we got a podcast for it too so wherever you're listening right Right now, uh, if you're listening, then you can subscribe. Uh, Logan also on the Commanders YouTube page, uh, Command Center, etc. They had a great sit down with Adam Peters the other day, so you can check that out. Uh, and that's that's all the housekeeping and plugging of things. That that is actually the end of our show. Now we'll see you next week.